Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello there, welcome to a brand new Arseblog Arsecast, right here on Arsblog.com. It is an absolutely packed show for you, I'll give you all the details in the next couple of moments. In the meantime, I hope you're well, hope you're fine since the last time we spoke. Here in Dublin, it is absolutely freezing, and we've got more snow than I've seen for years and years and years, honestly. Probably the 80s, I would say, since there's been this much snow here, uh, which is good in a way. I'm not a big fan of it, because, of course, we can't play any football, so we've missed a game, two games of five aside now, and a game of 11 aside, and that's a bit annoying. But at the same time, it's good, because you can sort of say, well, I'm going to stay inside in the warm, and you know, I don't have to go out, and you know, I'm a little bit cold, a little bit chilled, and that voice in your head goes, well, you know, if you're cold, you could just have a little drink, a little Jamison there would be fine, it'll warm you right up, and you go, excellent, I like the sound of your voice, and then the other voice comes in and goes, you know, it's only 10 o'clock in the morning, you could have a cup of tea instead, and you're like, shut up, voice, you asshole, I hate that other voice, stupid voice of reason, anyway, uh, on this week's show, we've got Jim Campbell, And who's that, you might say? A very good question, too. Unless you know who he is, you probably wouldn't have a clue who he is. And I'll tell you who he is a little bit later on in the show. Uh, We've got at home with a buoy, yes. Arshavin is here. Internet Joe, Talkshite Radio. Plus, we've got a chance for you to win a Savile Rogue Scarf, as well as giving you the winner of last week's Savile Rogue Scarf competition. So, you can see, there's lots to get through between now and the end of the show. So, we might as well go through it chronologically, since we last spoke, we had that game against Aston Villa and Robert Perez. He started for Aston Villa and it was a bit of a surprise, I have to say, and he didn't necessarily have a great impact on the game. And at 2-0 up at halftime, you know, everything was looking pretty good for us. We should probably have been more goals ahead and you had that thing in your head then going 2-0 up. You know, they're definitely going to learn the lesson from last week and you know, a minute after we conceded the goal against Spurs, uh, Clark got the goal and there was a whole offside thing. And he was certainly offside, but, you know, come on. We should not have conceded that goal from a defensive point of view either. Uh, the good thing about it was that we responded. And Shamak got a goal set up by Rosicki, and that was, I think, uh, a psychologically important thing. Because had this Arsenal team done what they did last week against Spurs uh, in the same game against Villa, I think it would have really, really had a terrible effect on the team and the fans and everything else. Uh, So it was really good to see them uh, respond very quickly within three or four minutes, I think, of Villa getting their uh, first goal. We made it 3-1, and then there was the whole 3-2 thing, of course, which made the last part of the game... Just that little bit more 
Um, edgy than it should have been. Jack Wilshire got his first Premier League goal for the club to make it 4-2 and to make sure of the three points. And bizarrely, given everything that's gone on, it put us top of the league for uh, a few minutes until Blackburn went to Old Trafford and, and took it right up the arse from Manchester United. They really, really did. 7-1 or 7-0 they got. 7-0 or something. Doesn't, the 1 or the 0 doesn't really matter a bit, does it? This is the same Blackburn team that will kick and hammer and punch and claw and strike and scratch and bite and do everything to every other team in the league. But the minute they come up against Man United, they bend over and take it like a cat in heat. Pretty annoying. But we shouldn't expect anything less, should we? Uh, So it sent us into the midweek game in the Carling Cup in reasonable form, uh, at least having got ourselves slightly back on the rails. And uh, I was expecting a bit more from Wigan, I have to say. I know they uh, left Nzogbia, and the last time I slagged off Nzogbia, the fucker went and scored a whole load of goals against us. I don't take any responsibility for that either, I should say. That's entirely to do with the team. But I've, I've learned my lesson, so I didn't say anything last week about Nzogbia, because you know how I feel about those N apostrophe names and towns that begin with N and stuff. I, I can't bear them. So I've, but I've learned my lesson, nonetheless. But I was expecting a bit more from them, because they were quite good in you know the first two-thirds of the pitch. When they had the ball, they passed it around quite nicely, and in the final third, they really weren't particularly good at all, uh, much like ourselves. It has to be said that our finishing left something to be desired on the night. In the first minute, Bentner headed fresh air and Vela chipped one wide and Vela had a header that went wide and Van Persie put uh, Vela in with a beautiful flick and his touch was too heavy and you're thinking, oh, no, come on. You know, Wigan aren't We have to win this. Uh, but an own goal and then a goal from Nicholas Bentner set up uh, very well indeed by Carlos Vela. And there should have been more goals. Vela fired one over and Walcott had a couple of decent chances, and there was at least two, maybe three handballs in that game in the Wigan penalty area that should have been penalties. Nevertheless, uh, we go through to the semi-finals of the Carling Cup. Amazingly, West Ham beat Manchester United 4-0, which is a, an incredible result because I was kind of uh, afraid that United were going to get through, and they really do or would have provided uh, the most difficult opposition for us in this tournament. That doesn't mean that uh, any of the games that we might face are easy, certainly in terms of Ipswich, we've got ourselves uh, a very good draw. But West Ham or Birmingham could certainly give us a game as well, uh, whoever that might be, should we get through the games against Ipswich. So um, United's defeat is pleasant and provides a brilliant opportunity uh, for this team to go on and win a trophy. And we'll talk about that uh, in a couple of moments' time with Jim Campbell. Who? Yeah, I'll tell you that in a moment. Uh, but for now, uh, to sum up the rest of the stuff that's gone on this week, here's Internet Joe. I'm Internet Joe, and here's me 30-second roundup. Villa away, need a win. There's Bobby Perez, I love him. As a player, like, not into that dreamy shit, that's for bennies. 2-0 up at halftime, love it. Can't make the same mistake as last week, we won't make the same mistakes, we've learned the lessons. Oh, 2-1, yay, 3-1, oh, 3-2, yay, 4-2. Get in there, Jack Wilshire of the Shore. Carling Cup, Avella, what's that? On go, Banner, we're in the semis. Ipswich! 
We'll have more from Internet Joe on next week's Arscast. Still to come, your chance to win yourself a Savile Rogue scarf. Also, your chance to find out if you've already won a Savile Rogue scarf from last week's show. We've got Talkshite Radio at home with a bouet. And, of course, we'll be looking ahead to the football this weekend and the midweek game in the Champions League, which seems to have been not overlooked, but nobody said much about it yet. Maybe we're just too nervous. But now, uh, to talk about all the other bits and pieces uh, that have gone on, I'm delighted to welcome Jim Campbell from the Football Ramble, who is certainly the rhymingest guest we've had in quite some time. Hi, Jim. Hello. Uh, the Football Ramble, yeah. it's a podcast. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, it's just sort of a generic, a generic. Uh, it's not generic at all, it's a general sort of overview, overview of football. We take sort of quite a light-hearted look at it, um, so um, check us out on thefootballramble.com. There's a lot of stuff on there as well, and yeah, just check out the podcast. All right. Now, that plug out of the way, you're here because, you know, you're the Arsenal guy on I that am, podcast. I um, because we wouldn't have you otherwise. Um, Actually, I, ha- I have to kind of be objective on there, so um, I don't know, maybe, maybe my real self will come out now. But yeah, well, feel free. You know, uh, self-expression is welcomed here. Um, let's talk about Arsenal then and, and the Carling Cup. Uh, this week we've gone through to the semi-finals, um, and we've had a reasonably good record in, in this competition. Uh, but this year, perhaps it, it, it has a bit more importance than it has done in previous years because of the need. Uh, for the club to win something. How do you view the competition as a whole? Because I know it's been something that maybe down the years, you know, fans have viewed as not as important, and clearly it's not as important as the league or the Champions League, but, you know, this year in particular, because we hear the five years without a trophy thing uh, so much, uh, how do you look at it? Well, I look at this as now being a very important competition purely because we, um, we're we in a position where the only player at the club that's won anything with Arsenal is Gal Clichy, and that was a long time ago when he didn't really feature in the last side that, that won the league. So mm. those players there, they, they don't, they don't have a mentality, a sort of winning mentality that the club kind of inherently has, if that makes sense. So I think this group of players need to win something as much as the club itself does, if that, if that makes sense. So, I mean, you look at Chelsea and Man United, they very much take it seriously still. And they'll obviously sort of, they'll keep the policy we have, we'll still plan younger players up to a certain stage, and then they'll put the sort of, you know, the big guns out and go all out to win it. And I think, I think it's very important for us to, to win something um, as soon as possible because it breeds a winning mentality, doesn't it? And it's, um, it's something that we've, we've been lacking. And I think it, we're in a great position at the moment given that sort of all of the big guns have gone out of it. And I do worry that if we do win it, perhaps that will sort of mask some of the problems we have. And, you know, Wenger will use that as a sort of an example of how uh, we can go on and win stuff with the squad we have. But, um, yeah, I think, we've got, I think we've really got to go all out for it. Yeah, I mean, from the point of view of the players, you know, there there isn't the belief because we hear them talking all the time about how they they know how to win trophies, and, and clearly they don't. Um, yeah, well, they haven't, have they? No, they haven't. I mean, that's the, I think you can only talk about how you know how to win something after after winning it. But we've seen it happen before, where teams have um, have sort of struggled or nearly got there, and then once they've got that first win out of the way, and maybe you could even use Chelsea as a as sort of a, an example of that for yeah. for years having not won anything. Um, and you know the the experience or or what you take from winning something really stands you in good stead. So I mean, it could be used as a, a stepping stone, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, every, every time you see the Carling Cup final, whether Arsenal are involved or not, whoever wins it, you kind of you feel that pang of jealousy because it is a it is a cup so many people sort of um, deride. But when you watch a team celebrate and winning a trophy on that day, you just you remember what it's like for, for Arsenal to do that, and you just think, ah. Oh, 
been ages since that's happened. And I think once the players get a taste of that, that will, you know, surely kick them on a bit more to have that sort of taste of that feeling. So they'll try that a bit harder in sort of the late stages of games and things like that. And just that, that desire to keep winning will, will hopefully sort of be there and continue. You look at the uh, the teams that he's put out as well, and we know that he's used the Carling Cup in the past as a way of uh, introducing young players that he feels have got the potential for the first team and, and I suppose other players that he's not quite sure about whether uh, they can make the first team or not. It gives them a chance uh, to play first team football. But this year it's been slightly different uh, in the yep. sense that he's taken it a bit more seriously. Um, I mean, is there is there that to it or is it just a case that some of the young players have actually grown up and they've got you know more experience because, you know, Bentner, Walcott, Vela, who yep. started the other night, who are, I suppose, second string in a way, uh, but they're all very experienced players in their own right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's sort of coming through. I mean, it's, it's, you're right, it's not been the same sort of Carling Cup team that we normally have where we get these sort of, you know, all of these 17-year-olds that no one's really heard of outside the sort of reserve team coach. Um, and it, you're right, it hasn't been like that. It's, it's sort of been a bit more mixed up. And that's definitely a good thing because I think it breeds competition for places in the sort of the league side if you've got these players that are on the fringes anyway getting a start and, and playing well. I mean, Vela's been... Been, been good in the Carling Cup again and uh, he's been knocking on the door sort of the whole time he's been there I suppose and obviously Walcott's trying to get back to fitness and find form and, and that sort of thing and yeah I, I just think it's a very very useful competition for us that we should it almost seems like a reserve cup if that makes sense or it has done so far but kind of, I think we need to really take it seriously now because as we've already discussed it's just we, we have to go out and try and win that and there's a great opportunity there to do that mm. Uh, Ipswich in the semi-finals uh, Roy Keane the manager um, I don't think I mean I don't want to sound presumptuous in any way but I don't think it's going to be as difficult as some of the battles with Roy Keane the player No well you'd hope not because <laughs> um, you know I mean we've got a horrible history of injuries um, so we wouldn't want to be facing Roy in that sort of sense um, but yeah I mean you're right without being to sound presumptuous I think we should get through that I and mean, the main worry is sort of um, for me is getting West Ham in the final uh, which obviously no disrespect to it which I do think we'll get through that game because uh, West Ham raised their game against us they really do and uh, I don't, I'm from Essex originally and uh, it, it's, it's West Ham town and I don't think I would ever live it down it would be awful it's absolutely <laughs> awful and we all have happen. yeah we all have our own personal reasons for wanting to win the thing as well as yeah. the club um let's t- turn attention away from uh carlin cup to the league and last weekend against aston villa after a couple of fairly disappointing results you would say uh a good away win um four goals scored and maybe it was a bit more um nervy than we might have liked with the goals that we conceded but have you any thoughts on why it is that the team seems to be better away from home this season than at home Thing, isn't it? It's, it's such an unusual thing. I think maybe it's the uh, they're reacting almost to the pressure because watching Arsenal can be a very, very stressful thing from a fan's point of view. And I think that's purely because the team is so patient, if that makes sense. They will keep mm. trying the sort of same build-ups and things like that. And sometimes it pays off as it did at Villa where we eventually killed the game off. And sometimes it doesn't. And that, uh, that, that frustration kind of translates... Um, from the fans, but I think maybe, I don't know, perhaps the team are feeding off of it in a weird way and just sort of, um, because the pressure's higher, they're more focused on getting the win, mm. it seems. And I think, obviously, Shamak has always added a real dimension. I know sometimes um, it is, uh, 
he, he break, moves break down um, a, a fair bit when the ball's at his feet, but he does recover really well when he gets in those positions and stuff like that. I think he's perhaps opening up the, the, the sort of opposing defence a lot more um, than, than players we had last season, perhaps, because there have been times so often we've been away where we just sort of hit a brick wall, but Shemak seems such a handful mm. um, that, that that's maybe opening up a bit more. So I think he's probably got a lot to do with that. And, and the thing about the Villa game was after we won it, we were... We were top of the league, despite everything else. Yeah. We went temporarily top of the league, of course, until uh, Sam Allardyce took one from Alex Ferguson. Seven <laughs> one. Took seven. Um, well, we won't we won't go into that in any way. Robert Perez played for uh, Aston Villa. How did you feel seeing him shuffle about the pitch in another shirt? Uh, it was weird, wasn't it? I think the game sort of passed him by a bit, um, but it um, it did. I, I mean, I, this might just be me being sort of sentimental, but I would have loved to have seen him back at Arsenal, even even just for like the, the season, just to sort of for the younger players to learn from him. I think mm. that's the only reason he's really at, at Villa. It's sort of like when Sol Campbell came back last year. I just, I just, he was just such a magical player that I think, um, yeah, I just really think he, he could have he could have had a lot to offer Arsenal, even sort of only ever playing a bit part. I was sad we ever let him go. I mean, you look at. Look at players like Ryan Giggs and Paul Scholes still at Man United. I think Perez could have offered a similar sort of thing to us. I'm sure he would have wanted to play more football, mm. but at the same time, he got the impression that he didn't really want to go. And uh, it did feel strange, but at the same time, I'm glad for him that he's, uh, that he's uh, not at Crawley Town, for example, as was rumoured for a long time, and that he's playing at a decent level that he deserves. What do you think about that? Would you have him back, or am I just mental? I think, no, I think from a sentimental point of view, yes. And- Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Even going into the game last weekend, I was, I was, I think I wrote in the blog, you know, that, well, you know, he, I know he's gone to Villa, but surely we could have fit him in and brought him in for half an hour here or half an hour there and yeah. he could instill some of that winning mentality and then I saw him play for Villa and I was sort of like well okay Arsene's had a good look at him and and maybe it's probably for the best that yeah, I mean, uh, it, that he's not it, with it us legs have, his legs seem to have very much gone yeah maybe he um, just needs games yeah absolutely I mean I think he'd only ever be a bit part player and it looks like that's what will be at Villa just mm. yeah well, well, we'll remember the good times, I think. Indeed. Now, the, the pressing issue of the week, and I know this is, uh, this is something that a lot of Arsenal fans will be interested in, um, Ibuwe's tights, yes or no? <laughs> he can do what he likes, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> There's all this sort of stuff in the summer about, um, obviously, the whole Seth Fabregas thing with Barcelona, and obviously it infuriated all of us. Um, but there was a point where they were the, the, there was talk where um, they were going to put in a bid for Abue as well. I was like, right, that's too far. You you leave him well alone. You can't come and take out Abue man away as well. You're you're a fan. So, 
I am, yeah. He's just a funny bloke, isn't he? The whole thing about his sort of tiger suit, the fact he refers to himself as a Bouet man. He's just sort Does of... He? I, I, <laughs> apparently so, yeah. On the radio, he's spoken about himself in the third person as a, a Bouet man. He's just nuts, <laughs> and it's sort of just great to sort of have that sort of character around. And I think as well that he's, it's, it's a kind of story of redemption as well, isn't it? His with all the sort of uh, the nastiness he had when he was booed at home and stuff like mm. that, and he's just sort of turned it around. And he's a hard-working player, which is exactly the sort of thing we need. So if his legs are cold, then you know who am I to judge? Uh, white or floral patterns or fishnets next time? <laughs> Tiger stripes, surely. <laughs> and what, <laughs> what? And what about the? Uh, I don't like to call them snoods because that sounds like a, a stupid word, but neck socks. You know. Yeah, no, this is a new thing, isn't it? This is yeah. weird. I mean, if it, I mean, if it makes the players play better, then fair enough. I suppose you do. You lose a lot of heat around um, your neck, so if it's saving us energy to win stuff, I'm happy to sort of take a snood. All right. Um, looking ahead very quickly to the Fulham game of the weekend, we don't really have any team news yet, but I suppose going back to what we were speaking about, they've got to put uh, an end to the home hoodoo, so to speak. Absolutely, and that will be a tough game actually as well because Fulham are a difficult team to break down. Um, but I think coming off the back of um, two decent results, um, you know, we, we, we're finding form again now, and um, I, I think we can win that. Yeah. Oh, all right, cool. Well, Jim, thank you very much indeed for your time, and uh, I hope we'll talk to you again soon. Brilliant. Okay, mate. Thank you very much indeed to Jim. You can find the Football Ramble at thefootballramble.com. The podcast is also available through iTunes. Do a little search in there. You can find them on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash football ramble, or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash, yes, you guessed it, football ramble. It is well worth a listen. I do give it a hearty thumbs up. So uh, thank you very much again to Jim. Uh, Before we kick on now, it's time for some talk shine radio. And there's a lot of traffic around, as you'd expect, but I'm not telling you where it is because that bastard in the studio has been trying to touch my quim again. This time, I'm going to management. Thank you very much, sexy Australian traffic girl. Um, Australian traffic girl. Lady. Woman. Wife. Mother. Daughter. Sister. To us all. And uh, may I just say that I did genuinely drop my pen... And as I was under the desk trying to retrieve it, I had my hand out behind me to make sure that my head did not collide with the underneath of the desk. As you all know, that can be very painful. And any accidental contact or uh, insertion between uh, my fingers and your um, velvet entrance was indeed accidental. This is Talk Shite Radio, talking shine about sport 24 hours a day. And there's only one thing on the agenda today, and that is FIFA's decision, the reprehensible decision, the corrupt decision, the abysmal decision to hand the 2018 World Cup to Russia. England's bid was first class. The presentation, impeccable. As you would expect, we sent our best people. We had our Prime Minister. We had our future king, and we had Prince William. England invented the game of football. What has Russia given the world? Only a nuclear power plant explosion, two fit lezers, and an inch-high Arsenal forward. The decision to give them the World Cup is absolutely wrong. And you know what made me sick to my very stomach? Not just the fact that Russia got the World Cup, but the fact that Andrei Arshavin sat there among those Russians and was part of their bid. He spoke on behalf of his own country. Yet he lives here. He works here. It's your wages that pay his wages. What kind of a patriot is he? Frankly, the man should not be allowed back into England. But I'm not a bigot. I'm not a racist. 
I'm no Enoch Powell or Lenny Henry, but I implore all Arsenal fans that when he comes back, boo him. When he's got the ball, boo him. If you see him in the street, boo him. And go a bit further than that, I would say spit on him, hit him, call him names, kidnap his child, kill his wife. It's only then that people will realise that you've got a duty, that when you live in England and earn your money in England, you've got to be properly English. With me to discuss it a little bit further is annoying Scottish pundit. Uh, Can you believe what's happened? I mean, it's just an absolute disgrace. Well, normally I'd be on your side, but I have to say here you're being a bit of a cunt, really. For up to me, I'd fire you. I don't know how you could keep your job after saying those things. Oh, typical side with your foreign mate. Quite happy to come here, play our football, take our money. But the minute you're asked to put your neck on the line, you're nowhere to be found. You, sir, are a traitor. Worse than Kim Philby or Keith Chegwin. This is Tilkshite Radio, talking shite about sport 24 hours a day. When we return, Tony Pulis on how football saved him from a life of ballet. Talkshite Radio. Talking shit about sport 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day. Now then, time to get on the Savile Rogue bus. And if you don't know what Savile Rogue scarves are, well, where have you been? Savile Rogue scarves are only the most cashmereist, warmest, red and white as Arsenal scarves that you can possibly get. I've been wearing mine a lot this week, I have to tell you, and it's come in very handy. My neck has never been warmer. Seriously, uh, I give you a chance to win one every week. Last week, I asked you to name an Arsenal player that had also played for Aston Villa, and there were all kinds of names that came in. Robert Perez, of course, Martin Keown, Paul Merson, Steve Sidwell, Kevin Richardson, Stuart Taylor, uh, Jimmy Rimmer, uh, David Platt, some people said. But yeah, I gave you that. But even though Platt was more like a Villa player that played for Arsenal rather than an Arsenal player that played for Villa, and he's got a big moon head, David Platt. Much as I liked him for that header against Manchester United in that 3-2 game, and I have to say, to this day, it's one of the best headers I think I've ever seen. I just, I never liked David Platt before he joined Arsenal. So it was kind of hard to put that to one side, but that's neither here nor there. The random number generator has done its thing, and the winner of last week's scarf is... I should get a drum roll sound effect, shouldn't I? No, you're, you're probably right, I shouldn't. Uh, Simon Moss. Well done to you, Simon. Uh, I'll be in touch. I'll get your address and we'll get the scarf sent out as soon as possible. If you didn't win, my sincere commiserations. But not to worry. Here's another chance to win. Arsenal are playing Fulham this weekend. And Philippe Sanderos is an Arsenal defender that was signed by Fulham uh, in the summer. And he hasn't played because he did his Achilles and uh, it's very painful and all that. Uh, but who was another Arsenal defender to sign for Fulham? Another youngster that came through the ranks, I'll give you a clue, he was a right-back a few years ago at this stage. So tell me the name of that player who used to play for Arsenal. Didn't really probably play that much for us at all, but played quite a lot for Fulham and is a right-back and a very funny guy with a very funny website. So if you can name me that player, send it to competition at arseblog.com. That's competition at arseblog.com. And next week, I will pick out the winner of the Savile Rogue scarf. Don't forget, though, if you do want to buy one, you can go to the Savile Rogue website. That's savile-rogue.com. And if you use the code arseblog at checkout, you get yourself a cool 10% discount. That's right. Not a hot 10% discount or a warm 10% discount or a tepid 10% discount. A cool 10% 
10% discount. So go to SavileRogue.com, use Arsblog at checkout, and who wouldn't want a Savile Rogue scarf for Christmas? I know I wouldn't, because I've got one. But that's not what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Um, Ibuwe. Now it's time to be at home with Emmanuel Ibuwe. Oh, yeah. Welcome to my home. I am Ebuwe. Ebuwe like wear women clothing. Top three Ebuwe women clothing. Number one, tights. Make Ebuwe leg warm playing football on cold nights. Brrr. Number two, brassiere. Ebuwe wear sports bra. Also stop Ebuwe nipple chafing. Number three Ebuwe women clothing. Copper-based IUD. Total bitch to get in, but when do, make me feel good when pee. Ha 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 ha. You go now. Tune in next week for more At Home with Ebuwe. Oh, baby. Right then, looking ahead to the weekend, we've got Fulham at home, and I was just watching Arsene on the official side, the pre-game interview, and he was talking about uh, the uh, the record that we have at home and whether or not we've got a problem uh, with our home form, and he was sort of saying, well, look, it doesn't really matter. If you turn up with a performance on the day, you'll win, whether you're at home or whether you're away, uh, but the fact is... We've lost three games at home so far this season. We certainly can't afford to lose any more. And we've got to address what I think is actually a bit of a problem. Not necessarily the end of the world, but our home form is decidedly dodgy. Away from home, we're good and we show great spirit and endeavor and and character. And I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be showing that at home. Um, It's too easy maybe to blame complacency and all that kind of stuff. There is definitely a little stumbling block and I think we've got to get over that particularly as this week uh, we've got two very important games Fulham to keep up with the uh, the league chase we're still only two points behind United and you know let's remember we were seven behind Chelsea a few weeks ago but also in midweek we've got a Champions League game against Partizan Belgrade and that is a game in which we must get some kind of a result so we've got to address that home form there's no real team news as of yet because uh, it's still a bit too early. Normally, we get something on a Thursday evening, but there's nothing happening. There was some suggestion of a knee injury to Nasri, but he's expected to overcome that. I suppose the usual absentees, uh, Fabregas, Vermalen, uh, who else? Is that it? Seems a bit light, but nevertheless, uh, that's who I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, Van Persie came through 70 minutes in midweek. Walcott played. Bentner played. Uh, Shamak got a rest, Arshavin got a rest, so there's plenty of options there, and uh, hopefully we've got more than enough for Fulham. My main worry, or my fear, of course, is Mark Schwarzer, the fact that we didn't sign him in the summer. In the end, I have to say, I'm reasonably happy about that. In fact, I'm quite happy about that, uh, given the way he started his season for Fulham, and, you know, really... He's not that much better than anything we've got. Uh, My fear, of course, is that he'll want to put in a big, big performance. And sometimes we see that, don't we? Where a keeper plays the game of his life against us. And it seems to be uh, par for the course rather too often. So I'm hoping he has a a clangertastic day. So let's hope that's the case. And, of course, let's hope that midweek we do the business in the Champions League and progress uh, to the last 16, to the knockout stages, and to all the fun stuff that the Champions League should be about. So uh, we'll leave it there for uh, this particular article. I'll talk to you all weekend and all next week on the blog and, of course, on next week's show.
show. So uh, until then, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hello, I am Arshavin and have had a very good week because uh, play game at uh, day at uh, end of week like uh, Saturday or I think and uh, win game but uh, also score goal. And make goal for uh, KD Lang. <laughs> KD Lang. <laughs> Fabregas say all time. <laughs> Nesri look like he is real box to box player. <laughs> I don't know what I mean, but uh, sound funny. <laughs> and then later have a game in. Small cup, not no name of cup, maybe Arshavin cup. <laughs> and it's good because we win and uh, don't have to play. So after I'm saying to Wenger, <laughs> I don't play and uh, don't run. <laughs> so I am still fat. <laughs> And then later go to not no name of a country is a terrible, awful place, but win World Cup for Russia and when come back have party in hotel room and have drunks. Two beer and now crazy. I think going to a trash hotel room like rock star. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.